What do you think? I think we're dead meat. Real dead meat. You're dead meat! Go ahead and laugh, you guys. If I ever find a little bastard of business, they're dead meat. Welcome to the Dead Meat Podcast, an extension of the YouTube channel Dead Meat. I'm James. I'm Chelsea, and we're a boyfriend and girlfriend, and we like to get scared together. And watch uh, Nazis get killed together. Yeah. <laughs> and Overlord. I just want to say, so I was visiting Michigan this past weekend, and mm-hmm. when this episode comes out, because we're pre-recording this sure. quite a bit in advance, uh, but while I was in Michigan... Detroit had a, a pride parade. Mm-hmm. And wouldn't that have been nice if some fucking Nazis didn't decide to show up? There were Nazis. Full-blown Nazis. We're talking like swastikas and everything. They were out and proud of the pride parade. And so, you know what? I'm in a I'm in a fucking mood to review a horror movie where we're just killing Nazis and not feeling ambiguous or bad about it. What did our grandparents do that for? I know. Yeah, there's no there's no good people on both sides in this movie. <laughs> the Nazis are rotten sons of bitches. And rotten sons of bitches will do anything they have to to destroy everything that is good in this world. We're just bad there's and good. There's good actors on both sides. Oh, yes, definitely. <laughs> Cuz we got fucking Euron Greyjoy as Captain Nazi. And I realized I have no idea how to pronounce his name. Their names, like, uh, you know, European names that he, I'm not familiar Danish. with. Or Danish, especially, mm-hmm. I have a hard time with. Uh, that's got, like, a character in it that I don't even know. The A and the E that are, like, one yeah. uh, conjoined one twin uh-huh. kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what, Pilo? Asbeck? Asbeck? I don't know. He's Yikes. pretty fucking good, though. He's very good, yeah. So, yeah, Overlord, Um, if if you don't know what it is. It's a movie set the night before Mm D-Day. And so going into this, all we knew was that it was a horror movie with Nazis. I knew it was a war horror movie, which I'm not too uh, well-versed in. That that weird weird subgenre. What else even fits? (laughs) Um, uh, uh, That uh, the guy who did The Descent did Dog Soldiers. Okay. Which I have not seen. Mm-hmm. And then I think there are some other ones involving Nazis like Dead Snow. And there's one where they're on the dark side of the moon. It's like Iron something. Iron Sky. Maybe. And those I think are probably more campy, which is what I expected this to be. Right. When I hear we're fighting Nazis in a war horror movie with like an alternate history and there's experimentations, I'm thinking it's going to be campy. I was thinking it was going to be really campy too, which... I wasn't in the mood for. Oh. Because I sometimes, I, I appreciate my share of camp, but sometimes it gets, you. it's like you get the joke and then it's not entertaining anymore, If you it's know? camp, that's trying too hard to be camp. Yeah. But, I don't like it. But this movie takes itself seriously, which I really appreciate. Um, yeah. It's very good. It's, <laughs> it's good. It's just like it's a, a well-made good, movie. It's a solid movie. I was mm-hmm. entertained the whole time. Yeah. Yep. It, cast is great the story suspenseful i mean you know it's it's not doing anything too new or crazy but i don't think it needs to it's fine yeah so it's directed by julius avery who did son of a gun which i know has ewan mcgregor in it i forget who else is in it and he also did yardbird which i heard was good that came out a few years ago uh it produced by jg abrams because we saw that bad robot logo in the, the opening and lindsey weber screenplay and this is interesting because we have two people who co-wrote this we have billy ray who did not billy ray cyrus <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna uh, take my which i remember when Nazi i because i think he was 
nominated for writing Captain Phillips and people were confused. Oh, okay. Yeah, he wrote Captain Phillips I by like himself, Captain which Phillips. we really liked. We didn't expect to. No, I did not. Because we, we always watch all the Best Picture nominees. I think that was when we were like, all right, this is like eating our vegetables. Like we have to watch it, you know? But I, I enjoyed that movie a lot. I like the fucking Revenant. We were so into that movie. Did you see uh, the other co-writer? No, did he write, he the, Revenant? wrote the Revenant? Wow, he really? co he co-wrote the Revenant. So this movie was written by dudes who wrote Oscar movies we didn't expect to like, but actually loved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fun. Uh, Billy Ray also wrote Hunger Games, but uh, co-wrote yeah. Hunger Games. Yeah, with, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Mark L. Smith wrote Joe Dante's The Hole, which I haven't seen. That came out in God, it was recent, kind of. Oh, one of Dante's later works. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Uh, he co-wrote The Revenant, but he also co-wrote Martyrs, which is a movie I do not Ooh, like. We do not like I don't Martyrs. like Martyrs. We've only seen it the one time a number of years ago now, but we did not like no. it. It felt it, it. That's a gratuitous movie if I've yeah. ever seen one. I just, I just felt icky. I'll probably give it another shot sometime soon, yeah. but like, I don't expect to like it. But I love, I love The Revenant. I will defend The Revenant because mm-hmm. um, I think it's one that. Uh, I mean, granted, it was it was up for so many awards. It's not like it needs defending, but I think it's one where a lot of people disliked it. There was like a backlash. Yeah, for sure. But I think mm-hmm. that's a gorgeous movie. Lots of uh, Game of Thrones actors in this, which was a pleasant surprise, um, considering the bad taste the series finale left in our mouths. Yeah, we got uh, uh, shit. What's his name? Uh, which one? There's many Game of Thrones <laughs> uh, actors. Grey Worms in here. Yes. Um, I have all of them written down. Jacob Anderson. Yes. Yeah, it's Charlie Dawson. My mama writes up cookbooks for the church back home. I figured I'd try it over here. All the stuff regular folks don't know. In this movie, he has a heavy Southern accent. It's very good. Yeah, they call him a hick. Oh, <laughs> this British guy who we mostly know is playing a, like... Uh, very stoic uh, mm-hmm. soldier yeah. with like a who's, different who's accent first yeah whose first language is not english do we want to just start going through the movie or do you um, want to just talk about it more sure yeah Generally. we can just start because yeah we, we might as well because charlie and great worm is right he comes up right in the beginning we kind of meet him right away but we start by the way i love that we have a horror movie that starts with a hitler speech i just wrote buckle up but like that's how you know it's about to get crazy we're starting with uh some audio of one of hitler's speeches uh mm-hmm. we begin we open with the we're 101st airborne in a plane heading towards normandy and you knew a guy i do i actually know a few veterans uh who were in the 101st because my dad my dad is a vietnam veteran so he does a lot of stuff with just war veterans in general and it's funny because even though my dad's in his 70s now but he is still like I think he he is still like the little kid who helps old people across the street even though he is now technically an old person yeah. but uh so he'll go and like do things for these World War II veterans and so there was one guy named Arno who was in 101st um and he was a paraglider and he fought in Normandy and fucking paraglided down to that beach like oh my God. I interviewed him about it I just I, I haven't done anything with the video um but it was more like I brought home my camera and just thought I just want yeah I just want to have this somewhere for posterity kind and of thing he recently passed right? he did he passed um. away a couple months ago he was like 96 or 97 so he lived to be really old um mm-hmm. last time i went home i saw him and me and my dad and him went and got ice cream we got superman ice cream because we're <laughs> from michigan um yeah very very nice guy i'm um, sad he passed but again he lived to be very old mm-hmm. but yeah his story is incredible and i know a few other 
uh, veterans as well. I met through my dad, but so 101st, I, I was very excited to see they're in a in a plane and war movies and like war horror is so <sighs> like Dunkirk to me is a horror film, even though it's not meant <laughs> to be. Hacksaw Ridge. Hacksaw Ridge. Like something about war movies because I you're watching it in even something like this where the the um like supernatural like there is supernatural stuff going on or not supernatural it's like mad science super science super science yeah yeah, yeah yeah it's yeah. it's heightened it's not realistic but mm-hmm. um the war aspects of it i think are very grounded and i think it's to kind of provide that you need some some of this to be really realistic for the other stuff to land yeah and for it not to feel super campy like we were talking about and so war stuff in movies, like, really freaks me out. I think because I, you know, it happened. And it's the most uh, distressed and disturbed I ever am watching movies. Like, yeah. Saving Private, any war movie mm-hmm. that I'm watching where you just really get a feel for. Uh, even uh, Jacob's Ladder and that, the war violence yeah. isn't even most of that movie, but the in that movie, those sequences are. Anything that shows just how uh, fleeting life is when it's just, I mean, war fucking sucks. And Mm -hmm. I think we've maybe said it before on the podcast, but it's just throwing your number of people after their number of people and whoever has more number of people at the end wins. Mm -hmm. It's fucking bonkers. I cannot imagine being in the military. I like that's where it's like, oh, thanks people who did this because we needed it to happen because what else are you going to do i don't think i could do it to to like make yourself just like a number like there's a line early on when so they're flying in and their their planes start getting shot at in the air and you just see guys who were just hanging out chatting a second ago getting blown up in the plane and the sergeant is yelling this is the job that fucking aspect i i cannot imagine that of just being like i am a number my job is to throw my body at this enemy maybe i'll live probably, probably i won't not, yeah and it's entirely up to chance if they happen to aim at me or not fuck i know that. that's why when fuck talking that. to people like arno who yeah. in my experience with him is just a very nice old man but like then asking him about his experiences and what he went through. It's just like fucking, I, I couldn't even comprehend the stuff that he did. Yeah. And he's now just here talking to me, you know, it's boy. Crazy. Man, it, it messes you up just watching it. And then to imagine being those people mm-hmm. and having your friends who you're chatting with about like, you're ribbing them about like, Oh, hope you don't fuck. And then they fucking die. And that's it. <sighs> Where's dogs? Where's Where's Dawson? There is no Dawson! Walk to me! On a line like you're on a fucking tightrope! One thing I do love about war movies, though, is that character type of the the gruff sergeant. I'm such a sucker for <laughs> the, the sergeant who... That probably comes from, like, a full metal jacket. Yeah. Arlie Ermey, that type of... Uh, but even... But Arlie Ermey's a He's dick. mean. He's an abusive dick. Yeah, yeah, no, he sucks. But this guy, our <laughs> sergeant, it, uh, let's see. Do I Arlie Emery's character to specify. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> uh, Bokeem Woodbine as Sergeant Renson, who, mm-hmm. by the way, is fucking fantastic in season two of Fargo. Fuck he's yeah, Mike, Mike Millian. Milligan. One of the best TV characters. I, that, oh, he's ugh, so that good. That is a good season of I would TV. love to rewatch that. But I love Sergeant Renson 
um, as brief as his appearance is, unfortunately, that is such a favorite character type of mine that Sergeant calls everyone ladies <laughs> and is cracking jokes and stuff while the plane's getting shot up because he, you know that he knows he has to do that mm-hmm. to keep everyone. Yeah, he's the calm. one who says this is the job. This yeah. is why you're here. And he's probably, you know, he's scared shitless too, but mm-hmm. I don't know. There's it's it's um him and like Brad Pitt in uh Inglorious Bastards, like that kind of just he's not taking your shit, but also he cares. Didn't I tell you ladies I'd show you a good time? Okay, so we meet we meet our cast of characters in this plane. We have Boyce, who is our main character. He's our main boy. Yeah, who is played by Jovan Adepo. And he was in the leftovers. Yeah, I don't remember. I don't either. I wonder if he was only season two. We watched that so long ago. But Um, he was in Fences. He was the son in Fences, which he was very good. I mean, Fences is just acting. Fences, oh God. I mean, (laughs) the thing with Fences is I wouldn't have... I don't think it should have won any like best picture or anything because it's so very much like this is a play that we just filmed. Yeah. (laughs) But also it's kind of cool because it does feel like you're watching a play. So if you want to watch some fucking actors just act and... Mm -hmm. And it's a movie that makes you kind of remember like, oh, yeah, this is a craft and people need to study this and understand it in ways that so few people can. And he's he's great in that movie. Yeah. You don't get cast in Fences without being a really good actor. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Corporal Ford, who is like joining them. He he had already fought in Italy. He's going to be the leader of the squad after. I mean, he ranks higher than the sergeant, but the sergeant says you know, listen to anything he says. And he's the explosives expert, right? Oh, is he? Yeah. That's his job. But he's played by Kurt Russell's son. Yes, Wyatt, Wyatt Russell, Russell. Who lives in our neighborhood. He does, <laughs> apparently. And also, he you might recognize him from that episode of Black Mirror. He's that guy who goes and does the play test where they put the little implant in him. And he's having, like, he's in that creepy house. Oh. And he wakes up, and it's like he was only out for, like, a second. And he just... Oh, fuck. Yeah. I forgot about that That was episode. him. Wow, cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 he's good. He's in like a few things. He's very good. Mm-hmm. He looks exactly like young Kurt Russell. Yeah. I was getting very, uh, especially towards the end of this. Um, People run around with flamethrowers. <laughs> yeah, definitely some classic Kurt Russell vibes. I definitely was reminded of The Thing mm-hmm. and even Big Trouble and like Escape from New York, that kind of. Yeah, he definitely takes after dad. <laughs> Use your rifle, light taps, not hard enough to set off a mine. Exactly how hard is too hard? You'll know. There's some other privates. Uh, Tibbet, who is played by John Magaro. John Magaro. I don't know this guy, but he did so well in this movie. He's in the big short. He is one oh. of the two um, younger dudes that they go to short the stock market. And I think uh, Brad Pitt helps them do it. Remember where they're like, oh, let's call Brad Pitt. And Brad Pitt kind of comes out of hiding to help them short the stock market. Tibbet is like... He's great. He's so good. He has such a good character arc with the kid that he's he's like annoyed by at first. You ever like watch one of these movies and think like you were meant to play this role in a war movie? Mm -hmm. You know, he's such the scrappy soldier who... Like sarcastic. Learns to love and you know, reluctantly um, grows attached to someone. Mm-hmm. In this instance, it's this little kid. And I love that little, this B-plot in this. I was like really touched by it. Yeah. I thought it was sweet. Chase, who is a photographer. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's walking around in this movie for a while. He's, yeah, a photographer. They call him Pretty Boy. He's taking lots of pictures. So you got that character who's like, you know, not cut out for war, but here he is. Gotta take those pictures. There's yeah. uh, another private who, Rosenfeld, 
who is, uh, if you couldn't guess, Jewish. Mm-hmm. And so he's has a personal stake in, yes. you know, taking on these Nazis. He's on the plane and then disappears for a while. We find him a little bit later. Mm-hmm. And then finally there's, uh, yeah, Grey Worm, who's Private Dawson. He's trying to write a book. Oh, Sadly, so he dies sweet. real, he dies he real so fast. fast. Yeah. He's like the only one who's like the established characters who dies quickly and he isn't dies in the rest real of the movie. Quick, yeah. And it's kind of sad. Which is sad. I, I literally, right before he died, was writing all these notes about how cute he was in this. Because he, yeah, he's talking about he's writing his book and <laughs> he wants to put all their stories in his book. And, and he, he steps on a mind. He says the word pictures like pictures, <laughs> which I love so much. And then he steps on a landmine and gets blown up. They're on this plane. It gets shot down. And while it's going down, uh, Boyce gets like thrown. Good God, they out are of tossing the plane. these boys out of this plane. Mm-hmm. And the the shot of him falling through the air is so well done. And it's this was nice, when I wrote yeah. great use of CG. Yeah, this movie does CGI well. Yeah, sometimes I, it's like, oh, that's a that's CG monster CG. face, but. Like this instance when he's because it's it's one of those things where the it's like the camera is attached to him looking at him yeah and so it's uh, I always call that fear cam and I forget why because fear cam I think was it a a, a a requiem for a dream it was some movie where they did that first and then it became like a thing okay but yes uh the the camera is like on him stabilized on him as he's mm-hmm. flying like falling down through the air and you just see all these explosions around behind him as he's trying to get his parachute open it's very well done very suspenseful yeah. and yeah when that's happening I felt like I don't know what the budget for this movie was. I think it was like mid-budget. Yeah, it couldn't have been a huge budget, right? I don't think so because I don't think it had a huge release. I don't know. It fe- it feels like a... Middle... Mm-hmm, like an underground movie. I was looking at how it did in the box office and it did decent. It made back its budget. It, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I call that a success. <laughs> if you make back your budget, good job. Well, it depends on all that Hollywood accounting. I would like to see the what the budget for this was because... I think it was $40 million I saw. $40 million. Okay. I was yeah. about to say like, oh, I wonder if this and... Um, uh, upgrade upgrade yeah it could be examples of like how to do something with no money but this had a ton more money than upgrade mm-hmm. god upgrade is impressive yeah for but i mean did. war movies are gonna cost that's true yeah you need extras need and locations sets. and the, the period stuff you need to do oh you can't, yeah you, yeah you gotta get like period piece vehicles and people and... who know what they're doing putting that together mm-hmm. yeah. gotta pay them this is what yeah so he lands underwater and he he crawls onto land and this is when he sees the sergeant surrounded by nazis and he gets shot yeah um, then boyce runs into the corporal uh that's a uh, ford yeah is... and and boyce is like he goes to save the sergeant but he's stopped by ford and that's going to be a recurring thing yes. with boyce is that he wants to enter like they have a mission we didn't mention their mission is to blow up a uh, radio tower which will allow for air support the following day during d-day right so they need to blow up this tower they need to do it and yeah, Boyce continue, continually gets distracted trying to like save people. And Ford is the one who's in this being like, we have to do this mission. Mm-hmm. Sergeant knew he was going to get killed probably. So we have to go on and do this mission. Yeah. And I, which I, I like, and I'm, I, no, and I'm I'm pretty sure that that's not a new thing in war movies. Yeah, or, that's always it's always a thing. Big picture versus saving mm-hmm. someone in this moment. Um, it's always this constant struggle. But I always appreciate it, especially if. We're watching a movie where the bad guys are Nazis, and unless you're 
a shit heel, the Nazis are the bad guys. <laughs> They're the ultimate bad yeah. guys, right? Yeah, because when this movie started, you're like, I wonder why World War II is just like endlessly this... fascinating. Yeah, yeah, and it's because it's 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 the clearest good guys versus bad guys. Yeah, compare that to I was saying World War One. What are we all doing in World War One? <laughs> or anything that came after, like Vietnam, where it's messy. I guess Civil War is like the next, the other one I could. Yeah, but people are always, I mean. I know, people are weird about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think more generally, like culturally, World War Two is so yeah, good versus Clearly, evil. you know, the good guys weren't 100% good. No. Internment camps, I'm sure war camp or oh, war crimes I mean, on both sides. what the Russians did to the Germans after. That too. Is, uh, that's not good. No. Not great. But uh, uh, so, yeah, I, I always appreciate when we're throwing in conflict like this on the side of good because that is the kind of stuff you're dealing with when you're in it. It's like, what do you prioritize? Mm-hmm. You, you know, I think both types of people, both types of good, like Boyce versus Ford, are important. Yeah. Um. So I, I like their dynamic in this. I yeah, think they're it's good. an interesting relationship. And yeah, again, it's a case of it's nothing new, but it's done well it's here. It's done well, yeah, for sure. So yeah, they, they group up with those survivors that we mentioned. They're walking around. Dawson gets blown up. So now it's down to... Uh, you know, the, the group that we'll be with for the movie, which is Ford, Boyce, Tibbet, and uh, Chase. They end up finding a French girl, I think. Yes, Chloe. Yeah. Chloe. You learn her, uh, is her name mm-hmm. later. And, you know, at first she pretends not to speak English. She doesn't know whether or not to trust them, but she eventually uh, takes them to her village, which is where that radio yeah, tower is. Yeah, Blanc. That's when she says, I needed to make sure you weren't bad guys. Okay, I'll help all of you. So she sneaks them into her house and where she has a coughing aunt in a room upstairs yeah and she's like my aunt's sick and later we'll come to find she was the uh subject of some nazi experimentation yeah it that like that scene where we hear this aunt coughing and she's behind a closed door i got vibes of wreck a little bit oh yeah 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 and it's interesting because you're kind of set up thinking the aunt or these creatures, whatever the fuck's going on, are going to be our bad. Monsters. There are the, yeah, right. They're the monsters of this movie. The yeah. ant is not the villain of no. this film. It's <laughs> just a victim of Nazis. Right, exactly. Uh, Chloe also has a little brother. I don't know how old he is. Real young. Seven, young, maybe? Yeah. Yeah, uh, named Paul. Mm-hmm. And he just wants to play baseball with the he American does, soldiers. He does, because all Americans love baseball. <laughs> not Tibet. Tibet. <laughs> yeah. He says something about, like, give me uh, some cards and... You have a pool stick. Oh, yeah, a pool he stick and five pool. bucks. And yeah, then exactly. He'll, have, he'll be on. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, Tibbet's relationship with uh, Paul is is great. Everyone start. I think Tibbet is telling this story about um, Boyce and how there was a, a mouse at their boot camp. Yeah, in their barracks. And he was ordered to kill it. And, but instead, Boyce took it out into a field and, like, just dumped it there. And so this mouse kept coming back and, like, shitting all over everything because he wouldn't kill it. And then later, Chloe says that she liked that story. And she says before the war, she was studying to be a vet. Mm-hmm. So that's what she wanted to do. And that's how she speaks English. She was studying in uh, London. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. And Boyce's grandma's from Haiti and moved to Louisiana. So she, he speaks French. Oh, that's right. Boyce can speak French. So they can speak to each other in English and French. Right. Uh, nobody else really speaks French. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, yeah, they see that this village is, you know, it's occupied. That neighbor of hers is a real 
Vichy going on there. Oh, yeah, because <laughs> she sees this is before she invites every like the guys to her home and says, mm-hmm. like, I'm going to help you. Yeah, this lady sees <laughs> Chloe outside and is like, you're out past curfew. She like rings she a blow, bell. Yeah. Or, yeah, blows she a blows whistle. blows like her Nazi whistle and like as a fucking snitch. Yeah, yeah, fucking snitch. So, yeah, they're in the attic of Chloe's house and they're trying to formulate a plan to get to that radio tower. Yeah, Because it's like, it's probably around midnight around this time and they have to do this by 6 a.m. So it's a very limited I liked span. this kind of ticking time bomb. Yeah, of it's this great. Movie. I thought tying it to D-Day was really smart because D-Day is kind of the battle everyone knows from World War II. Yeah, it's something everyone knows you don't need to explain. We know it. the imagery. We mm-hmm. know, of, you know, it's the storming of the beach. Like, we all know what that day is. And so I think by like factoring that in and having that like we need to do this or else Normandy doesn't happen even though we know how I mean it could be an alternate history movie but sure. we know Normandy happens even even so it's it's cool to kind of have that like kind of familiar thing in our heads as like oh shit they have to make Normandy happen they have to make sure Normandy so it, it adds a lot of pressure yeah and they see from the attic uh the cap the like the Nazi captain who's in charge of this village Waffner 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 yeah and that's uh our boy Euron Greyjoy, Euron Greyjoy. and he's just executing people who shoots a Good woman in the street God, yeah mm-hmm. he's scary in this he's yeah and um I we won't talk about Game of Thrones too much <laughs> but <laughs> Uh, Euron Greyjoy in the books is a very scary character. From I think what we have of him so far, he's yeah. kind of an enigma, but he is so scary. He's a monster. He's a mo- he's like Ramsey level. He's past monster. Ramsey. I think. Yeah. Maybe. I think. Oh, man, they could have done so much with him, but uh, the show did not do him justice. However, I don't think that's. Pilu, if that's how you say his name, Pilu Aisbeck's fault. I think he did a great job with what he was given. He has even given. said, I wish there were more of the stuff me, from Euron in the book in the show. Because Euron goes, he's like supernatural. He's, he's like trying to turn himself into a god in the books. Pretty and much. he'll probably be the one who takes down the wall in the yes, books. Yeah. Not a uh, Night King with an horn, ice dragon. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, god damn, so much. Um, <laughs> but anyway, and we see... That this actor had all of that potential. Like, he could have given us. Yeah, by the end of this, he's a a Nazi monster. Yeah. (laughs) And you can see why they cast him, and you can see, like, that was that potential for that character was in him the whole I just got upset. I just got upset watching this, thinking, like, they didn't let him do what he could have done. I think he got so shafted by that show and I'm like angry on his behalf I think he's a very good actor I think anything with that character that people don't like is not his fault god (sighs) (laughs) whatever I guess he had he got a gig he got he got a (laughs) I'm sure very well-paying gig so right uh he says something about the tar in the ground of this village having some kind of power we don't really know what that's kind of a almost like a MacGuffin. it's like a little bit like i think it's it's used it's definitely yeah sure it's used it's not it's such like a weird thing like there's tar in the ground and it we can use it to make uh uh zombies essentially oh also another game of thrones cast member because he comes well, he rolls up to this house and is in this scene now, too, is Harry Strickland, who is the captain general of the Golden Company. Uh, Golden Company, also completely misused on the show. Yep. I have a lot of thoughts about it. But uh, <laughs> nice to see Harry Strickland. He's played Nazis in a bunch of stuff. I oh, was yeah. looking He's got up. a very severe face. Uh, I know that Boyce heads out on his own at one point 
Does Waffner come in to the house before that? Yes, because that's when he hears a noise upstairs, remember? Because yeah. Paul drops a baseball. Because they're all just up in this attic. And that's when Euron comes in. And Euron is <laughs> talking to Chloe and is like, hey, we had an agreement. They clearly have this quote-unquote agreement where he, he's sleeping with her. And, and you know. In exchange for not murdering in exchange them, probably. For, yeah, good. Yeah, yeah really cool. good trade-off. Um. That's when Harry Strickland comes and he, he calls on Harry Strickland and they hear a noise upstairs because Paul, that baseball he's playing with falls. And then I love Paul. They go upstairs and before they can get all the way upstairs where they can see like all these Americans hiding in the attic. Or I think at that point it's just boys because I think Chase and Tibbet went to go like check out the church or Got whatever. Got it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that, before they can see that there's anyone else in the attic, you just see Paul at the top of the stairs who pretends he's just up there playing with this baseball by himself. And so he tosses the baseball to Harry Strickland and Harry spits on it and throws it back. And yeah. He doesn't bother to check the rest of the fucking attic. He just goes back downstairs and is like, there's some kid, so whatever. Mm-hmm. And they all roll out. This is so this is when yeah, Vofner starts to yeah, he goes to rape Chloe. And they're watching uh Boyce and Ford are watching from the attic. Yeah. Like down through the cracks. And this is one of those moments where you have Ford who is like trying to get boys to not intervene. Like, don't go down there. Like, don't give us away. But boys wants to stop this from happening. Mm-hmm. Boys, it seems, gets uh, gets out of Ford's grip and just butts uh, urine on the head with a gun. And- yeah, he saves Chloe mm-hmm. from this uh, uh, bad stuff. And now it's like, well, now we have a Nazi now we officer. Now we have Nazi. Ford punches him in the face because at this point, fuck it. I get, you know, <laughs> <laughs> he knows we're here. Then, so this is when Boyce leaves because he's got to go get the other... uh, Tibbet and Chase. Yes, he's got to get Tibbet and Chase back. And this is when, so he sneaks up to the church and this is when he sees a cart of bodies being put. They're alive. They're like alive, sick people, kind of like this ant upstairs that Mm -hmm. we catch a glimpse of and like it's a jump scare. But uh, he sees all these, they almost have like, I'm trying to describe how they look. They're kind of bubbly skin. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. gross. It's pretty gross. Then, oh, he sees the Nazi doctor as well. We get our first glimpse of him, just like really need a Nazi banal looking dude, mm. as expected. And then we watch them just torch flame these. They flamethrower these people. Yep. Then some Nazi dogs show up and chase boys. Mm-hmm. Nazi dogs are so sad. I know. Because they're, oh, they were good boys, but now they're Nazi no, dogs. they're bad. They're mm. always, uh, what are those, German Shepherds? Yeah. Obviously. Or Rottweilers are associated, too, mm-hmm. with the, the Reich. Yeah. Yeah. But they chase boys, and he escapes them by hopping in the back of a truck that's driving away, and then he realizes, oh, shit, this truck's full of dead bodies. Yeah, and I'm being brought into the church. Yep. Whoops. <laughs> kind of works, though. He just hides within the bodies and is able to infiltrate the church that way. Mm-hmm. And he's, like, walking around, and he sees... uh. You know, Nazi experiments. Yeah, stuff. I wrote no surprises here because he's just walking around. There's bodies getting wheeled around. We're hearing screaming, and it's it's like what you'd expect. We, we get a, a keyhole scare. Yeah. Classic keyhole jump scare when he's looking through in one of these locked little rooms mm-hmm. with sick people, and then like, whoa, a thing pops up in front of the, the eye hole that he's looking through. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he's, he's seeing this museum of horrors yeah it's when he sees the nazi doctor examining one of them and he's taking notes and he says oh i'll skip psych which is like excited it's uh excellent <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah chelsea was able to translate some of the 
uh, just I like random they German didn't have it. subtitles for the Germans most of this, which movie. makes sense because uh, boys wouldn't understand them. Yeah. So yeah. I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if they, you feel a bit more alienated. Yeah, yeah. He finds bags hanging up, like pouches, these nasty looking Ooh, pouches and- in a uh, in a room that reminded me of Shape of Water. Yes, me too. Yeah. It looks like the lab in Shape of Water. Yeah, just like that grungy, dingy lab. The like, like mid century yeah. technology everywhere, just kind of dirty and wet. And yeah. everything's wet. I, I wrote that he <laughs> walks into a very drippy room. It's very everything's drippy. drippy and yeah, wet looking. It's yeah. Gross. Yeah. And he like unzips this pouch a little bit and just like <sighs> nasty, the nastiest liquid you can imagine just yeah. starts pouring out but of it. But there's also a person in there. Yeah, there's like a wet ghoul in and there. This, he's got like a mask on and he is asking for help. Mm hmm. So what the fuck? But that like scares Boyce away and he's like, you know, it's kind of just like he's running into all these things that scare him, including he uncovers a woman's severed head asking for help. Yeah. That's crazy. That was really creepy. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's like a head with a spinal column kind of coming out of it and she's asking for help. Mm -hmm. It's creepy. It's like, oh, this is a horror movie. That's right. Yeah. (laughs) And that's when he finds this room where there's all these syringes in it filled with blood question mark or it's is it just serum. serum yeah it's just like a thick reddish serum so he takes one and puts it in his pocket which risky because <laughs> yeah, it's dude. like needled down into his <laughs> pocket and i'm surprised he didn't get stabbed with it while he's trying to escape but uh yeah then he finds he finds jacob we find rosenfeld his buddy from earlier mm-hmm, who was on the plane and hadn't been seen since but because he got so much time on that plane we knew he'd yeah, pop we're back like, up when are we gonna see him again <laughs> yeah and rosenfeld's got like this hose in his side oh, he's on this a workbench is so gross. and yeah when he frees him he's like he yanks out this hose and i thought the hole would be the entire diameter of the hose and Same. that it would just fucking kill him that's what i thought but no too. there's like a th- it's a big needle yeah. at the end of this hose but yeah he pulls out this hose and needle comes out of uh, rosenfeld's side and they also like they see on the other side of the room they see the, i think the doctor inject another person with something and then they just put that dude in an oven Oh. Or it's like a storage thing, maybe. Yeah, it kind of. It looks like an oven, though. For but sure. I think it's like a storage thing, like a cadet, they... like a, a a morgue. Yeah, body that storage is what thing. It... Mm-hmm. it could you know what I, i'm thinking because they're in the church. It could just be like catacombs or something. At one point here, he does see, or no, he sees the severed head, and does he see a body get injected and come back to life? Is that the body that they? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he sees that happen with the serum. Is that they yeah. inject a corpse that comes back to life? Mm-hmm. They like he sees reanimation. Yeah, Herbert West would be proud. Oh, he would be. <laughs> <laughs> so Boyce goes uh, gets back to the house with Jacob now, and he says like I've got this syringe. Yeah, they escape through tunnels. Yes. that come like out. These little so sewers. yeah, so uh, yeah, he's able to like kick out a sewer grate in the church and then they make their way through the sewers and come back out so now they know a way to get back into the church that doesn't involve like scaling a wall or getting shot at yeah um i love the yeah the americans are back at the house and paul is sitting next to tibbet and doing it's like that scene in jaws uh, with uh, <laughs> yeah the imitation yeah, yeah, yeah with yeah. roy scheider and his kid it's, it's exactly that you have paul imitating and it's really oh cute. yeah and chase is like taking pictures of them because mm-hmm. yeah tibbet and chase are are back by time boyce gets back with uh rosenfeld so they're questioning waffner at this point and he's trying to really both sides this whole thing like they're basically just telling him what an ass 
asshole he is and trying to get information from him. And he, Waffner says something like, oh, surely your corporal has killed many as well. Oh, yeah. And then, then he's saying, oh, the people we take to this church, we give them purpose and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it's the classic wartime uncomfortable torture scene because they like hang him up and Boyce is like, oh, no, man. can we not like be them? But Ford, of course, is uh, of the mindset that you got to get dirty to fuck with dirty people, I guess. And so, they, yeah, they string up Waffner and beat the shit out of him. Uh, I didn't mind. I wasn't mad. <laughs> I, I'm a, such a pacifist. I don't like violence. <laughs> I mean, but that's, it's, you know, it's, I liked seeing that conflict. Yeah. It's um, a, it's a great conflict. I like in having movies like this. For yeah, sure. exactly. Of like, how low do you go? How do you deal with? Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Like, how do you deal with such evil? Like, yeah. What's, you know, what makes sense to do? Do you, you know, stooped that level do you it's it sucks it's it i mean it's it's a forever moral question that'll always be relevant yeah you know mm-hmm. but. I, I mean i liked watching him punch your though <laughs> your takes a good punch <laughs> yeah good at it <laughs> it's even even doing that thing like i feel like every character he plays is doing that thing where he gets punched and he's smiling and he's, he's all smiling bloody. like bloody yeah, yeah. for sure <laughs> it's a good it's a good look for him <laughs> But they all decide they're going to use Waffner as a distraction because he's so injured and they're going to like kind of cart him out and be like, hey, we've got your guy. Something like that. So yeah. that other people can get to the radio tower. And uh, so Chase goes upstairs to untie Waffner mm-hmm. and he thinks he's dead. And I thought he was dead, too. I was like, I oh, shit, they just dead. punched him so bad. Because he's got him. a bag over his head and his body's limp. Like he unties him and his body just collapses to the ground. Right. So, yeah, maybe he's dead. Yeah. So I thought it was like, oh, shit, what do we do now? But no. Nope. Waffner um, goes Fucking, like leg sweeps. Yeah, him down. he kicks him and then he gets a hold of, I think, Chase's gun and shoots Chase. Like two or three times in the chest. Yeah, it's yeah, right it's in the bad. chest. So Chase dies and then we. But I, I really love uh, Waffner still has the bag over his head. So when like, I think Boyce is the one who comes upstairs, maybe Ford, but one of them comes upstairs. And so Waffner like hears them come upstairs and is just shooting wildly because mm-hmm. he still has the bag over his head. It's a really good scene. It's of just, just like, yeah, it's just pure, dodging bullets. pure chaos. There's so much. There's so many good scenes of like suspense and danger in this. It's great. Yeah. I think like the, the action and stuff is really well choreographed in mm-hmm. this. Um, because I I'm someone who like I'll get bored with action sequences if they're not super tight. Like I just don't have the attention span for yeah, them. Yeah, watch people get punched for yeah, twenty minutes. Yeah, mm-hmm. I I will say like the end of this I was drifting a little bit. Yeah, because yeah, it yeah. was just kind of a long action sequence and of, <sighs> of people throwing each other and like that. Yeah, yeah. The weird flying through the air kind of lawyer like you know they're probably on cables. Yeah, it's not my favorite, mm-hmm. but uh. So, yeah, so Chase is dead, and that's when Boyce, who's already showed everyone this syringe that he snuck back, is looking at it, and we're just going, oh, fuck, (laughs) no. Boyce, no, honey, don't. Do not fuck with Nazi science. (laughs) Like, you just don't. I don't care if you think it's going to bring your friend back to life. It's Nazi science. You just don't. It's Nazi science, man. Yeah, but, but he uh, does it. Yeah, he injects Chase, and Chase sits back up, and it's just really thirsty. Also, but, though, there is like Chase's dying scene is it's good. Yeah, it's good and sad because he's it like, is. "I'll be okay, right?" And, and they're, they're just, saying, like, "Yeah, looking at yeah, each other. you'll be fine. We're not gonna let you die." And 
it, again, it's a scene where you see it so often in war movies, but it always gets me. It always gets me, man. Those are some of the best scenes in Outlander, weirdly, because the main character in that is a nurse, and mm, so she knows how she to. Lot, yeah, because she travels back in time, but she originally was a um, a nurse in World War II, and so she knows how to talk to people as they're dying, and she's still caring for them, even though she knows it's not going to save them. But yeah. those are like some of her best scenes where she's like distracting them by being like, "Tell me a story about." your family or something and yeah so I, that always kind of gets me so chase sits back up and he's just really thirsty at first and so i think for maybe 15 seconds this all is great yeah our friend is back he's just really thirsty really thirsty um so yeah that's what the serum does it makes you thirsty but it also <laughs> makes you insanely strong because he goes to grab i think maybe a canteen or he's something like, he just crushes, crushes the it. canteen with his yeah. bare hands and then his veins start popping he's saying out. oh i'm really hot and he's ripping off his his clothes because he's so hot and he's just he can't yeah his veins are all popping out and then he's just so it was like weirdly it was like the perfection where it was like my head is just I'm so hot and my head hurts he just smashes his head up against a support beam and just yeah just breaks it wow that support beam just was like dude shut the fuck up there are nazis out there yeah so uh yeah chase angry (laughs) (laughs) this was like some some interesting cgi where he goes um he goes to do something. He like throws his head back and just snaps yeah, his head. Yeah, he's in so much pain that his head, he like kind of like tosses his head back, but he's so strong that he snaps his own neck. Yeah, yeah. and his head is just like hanging backwards. Yeah, and so you can see like his throat and neck bones sticking up and then mm. he's able to snap his head back up because now he's essentially immortal is what happened. Basically. Uh, I th- it seems to follow standard zombie rules. You got to kill the brain to yeah. stop them because like every time they take torso shots, it doesn't stop them. Uh, and he is eventually stopped by the man who couldn't kill a mouse, Boyce, who mm-hmm. like just fucking bashes his brains Jesus. open with a, That's I think, nasty. the handle of a gun. Yep, more glimpses of the real Euron Greyjoy here. We've got like Nazi Euron grabbing Paul and running away with him and escaping with Paul. Oh yeah, during kid. all this, he he steals the kid and runs away. Yeah, because everyone's all distracted by this fucking freak of nature that's up in this attic, and so Euron grabs Paul and is like cackling and takes this kid. It's it's scary. Yeah, because uh, Ford goes down to shoot him and he like just waves he the kid in front of his kid, body like, and is like, <laughs> oh yeah, it's, oh it's great. It's so creepy. <laughs> um, so now yeah, we have the dilemma. Boyce wants to save this little kid, but um ford kurt russell's kid wants to take care of the mission right that's like their ultimate kind of that's their dynamic and that's their conflict in this um both viewpoints fair because as a you know you're watching the movie and obviously boyce is our main character and we want to save paul because paul is we we like but yeah he's adorable and we care about him but then you also have to as much as you can get you find yourself being annoyed with Ford, but then you think like big picture, big yeah. picture. This is, you know, so many people die if they don't do this. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's interesting. Yeah. And, and the other thing is Boyce not only wants to save Paul, but also destroy the experiments going on. Yes. He wants that to be a priority of the mission. Yeah. So now there's all this stuff added on top of what would have not been a simple mission, but they had like their one thing to do. And now there's a bunch of other stuff that mm-hmm. we were putting on top of it. So while they're escaping, uh, while Waffner's escaping, Ford like shoots him in the mouth. And it, yeah, it's like a, a t- tears open his face and really disfigures him. It's kind of like Jackson in Leatherface. Yeah, I was thinking like 
two-face kind of because you can see all his teeth yeah it's like a real bad situation for him it completely mangles him and that's why when he gets back to the church and radio tower he's just like holding his face and pushing everyone away oh my god until he gets to grabbing the... all that serum and the doctor's like oh that's unstable <laughs> like, also, we haven't done yeah. this on living people yet yeah but uh he doesn't care he's injecting himself with that stuff and more than one vial of that stuff and we saw what one did so what is more than one gonna do yeah and i'm very excited at that point gonna have super urine yeah oh fucking my God. sticking it in his thigh meat they yeah so they ultimately okay they do they come up with a plan where they can feasibly maybe like get accomplish everything on their checklist yeah pretty much yeah save have- the kid destroy the experiments and uh and the destroy the radio tower yeah so chloe acts as a distraction and uh, Harry Strickland like chases her down in one of those classic World War II bikes with the sidecar. The sidecar. Yeah. I always think of, for some reason, I think of Peabody and Mr. Is it Mr. Sherman and Peabody? Or is it Mr. Peabody and Sherman? I think it's Mr. Peabody I feel like Peabody they drive around in one of those. <laughs> Do they? I think so, yeah. <laughs> um, maybe when they go back in time to World War II. Maybe. <laughs> but yeah, he, he catches up with her, but she she punches him in the face, and then he gets yeah cornered by all the Americans who just like nail him in the head with the end of a, a mm-hmm. gun. I don't even want to say what type of gun. I'm not. It's a rifle, I think. It? It's a long... It's not a handgun, so it's a rifle. Then we cut and... <laughs> We're at the churchyard and Harry Strickland is he pulls up on his motorcycle, but he his mouth is taped shut and he's taped to the the handles. Of the- yeah. So here this is their plan. Uh, he's like driving up to the, the fortress in the church and the Nazis inside are like, oh, hey, it's our buddy Harry Strickland. Uh, open the gates and they open it and he's like and drives right in. I have a little bit of an issue with this because like. I get that his mouth is taped and his hands are taped to the handlebars, but what is compelling him to f- go along with the plan of driving this cart into the gate and then, like, stopping right when he's inside? But, like, what else is he going to do? Like, not drive into like, the base with explosives? drive into the woods and, like, just blow himself up? Yeah, something like that. Like, I don't know... <laughs> Yeah, I just want to know if maybe I'm missing something that they did. I mean, to, we, to be him. fair, we did only watch this once, so I don't yeah, know if so there's something in that something. scene that we're missing. But he does he does drive right into the gate, and they're like, dude, we can't understand you. You have duct tape. Here, let us take care of that for you. And he's like, no, no. And they rip off the tape and reveal that there's a grenade in his mouth, and the pin was attached to the tape. And so when they take off the tape, it pulls out the pin, and he's like, and in the sidecar, whole bunch of explosives. Uh, yep. So there's a big old explosion. It's yeah. A good, good explosion. It's good. It's a fun scene. Yeah. And uh, yeah. And then the Rosenfeld and uh, Tibbet start opening fire on the Nazis. You got Rosenfeld with this big old machine gun. I don't know if it's a PKG or something. Uh, and maybe Ro- and maybe Rose or Tibbet has a M1 Garand. Maybe he's like sharpshooting with a rifle. I've played some World War II video games. I could. I have no idea. Battlefield you could 1942. You just be saying letters and numbers, and I'd I've be like, oh, switched yeah, my loadout right? between riflemen and machine gunners. Yeah, yeah. Uh, basically, their part of their plan is to kind of play it like there's a bunch of Americans shooting at them because they even say we need to get this done before the Germans figure out there's just two dudes in the woods shooting at them. Yeah, yeah. But exactly. they take out a whole bunch of Nazis during their, their shooting, and it's a fun. Those two are like running around. We keep cutting back to them. And it's uh, fun to see those two together, like covering each other and helping each other out. 
it's it's good. And I, I guess spoilers, they both survive. Yeah. And I didn't expect them to. And I'm so glad that they let them live. Because, yeah, me too. You know, in a movie like this, it'd be easy to be like, okay, we're going to kill everyone one by one until it's just the main character. But uh, fucking Rosenfeld and Tibbet get to live. Tip, or not, uh, Rosenfeld especially. I'm like, wow, you live. <laughs> yeah, dude. That guy was a red shirt if I've ever seen one. Yeah, because yeah, he's like the friend in the beginning and we get attached right away. And then we find him in this fucking lab. And I'm thinking, okay, he's going to save him, but something's going to be weird. Yeah. You know, he turns into a mutant or something. But no, he's fine. <laughs> they both survive in the end. And yeah. that's really nice to see. It's a nice little uh, uh, rare, like positive note yeah, to end I, a movie on. I had, I had that in my notes too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So while they're doing that destruction, Distraction, Ford and Boyce and Chloe sneak in through the sewers that they had found earlier and are able to infiltrate the church. And Chloe just goes and saves her her brother yeah. right away. And I think Boyce goes with her, maybe. Uh, no, they let her. I think they let her run. They were like, she was always going to go save her brother. Yeah, first and- but they need to take down this radio tower. So Ford is going to uh, rig up his explosives while uh, Chloe and Paul, when she finds him, they have just a, a little like... Horror movie aside, with a random reanimated Ooh, yeah. monster guy. There's like a scene where, uh, what? There's a, they knock out a Nazi who's like laying on the ground, and then you see him get like yanked away off screen. Yeah, yeah. By whatever was in that mm-hmm. cell, pretty much. And she's able to get Paul to escape through the sewers, and that kid runs out. He ends up joining with Tibbet mm-hmm. and Rosenfeld because Tibbet really risks his life to go like help out this kid who's yeah. standing. Right in the middle of a bunch of crossfire. He's running and screaming. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, no. You could have. Yeah. Maybe go around. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe don't run out into the middle of the firefight. But Chloe has to fend off this monster and ends up fucking flamethrower in it. Yeah, she does. Very uh, Shades of the Thing. Very McCready. I liked it a lot. I liked seeing her with the flamethrower. It was nice. Mm -hmm. It's funny. That was the one instance where I wasn't mad at the drop the weapon kind of trope it's a heavy ass i was about to say like that thing i thought at first i'm like no she's leaving the flamethrower oh it's probably really heavy yeah i had the same thought yeah. because yeah she torches it's it really and then drops heavy. it and runs i'm like but oh no that makes sense yeah. you gotta run meanwhile um so Waffner finds um ford trying to set up all his explosives he, he takes them and drags him back to the lab and like puts him on a hook Leatherface style. Yeah, he just hooks him, dude. Because he's a super soldier now after mm-hmm. having injected himself. Yeah. And he's just scary and he's all like, I think he gets a little bit of CGI monster face sometimes. Mm-hmm. It's He's creepy. Yeah, for sure. Then uh, at the same time, I think the Nazi doctor finds Boyce. Mm-hmm. But Boyce just like stabs him with a scalpel. It's and... a pretty yeah quick death for Dr. Schmidt. That makes mo- sense. Yeah. Like he doesn't need a... A glor- like a glorified death because he is I think just supposed to be very banal and just like a regular dumpy looking dude which is you know how often is it that the truly evil people just look like that guy often. pretty often yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly yeah I think is Euron injecting himself with more stuff right around here I don't know a Ford does Ford that's right because Ford manages to get himself off of this meat hook thing. yeah just, and I uh, think it's while while Waffner is giving this big villain speech and so yeah uh Ford gets himself off this hook and then he injects himself with serum and then we have a super serum fight mm-hmm. which whatever it wasn't my favorite part of this but I kind of tend to eh, like action sequences especially like big set piece ones like this where it takes up so much of the movie like i don't know it's not my favorite but that's yeah. personal taste i think especially when these fights like in this movie have the people getting hit and then flying through the air in like 
in a very movie way where you know that they're on cables getting yanked back. Yeah. And it's just it just seems so unrealistic the way they're flying through the air because it's kind of slow motion almost. And I guess it kind of looks cool, but I've just, I don't know. It's not for me. Yeah, it, but also it's like how do you, do a fight like that where you have two people who are just jacked up on this. That's true. So. I guess they there is already a heightened uh, realism to it because yeah. of the serum. So that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, also, yeah, during the big bad guy Nazi speech, Waffner says, yeah, th- that they were making the serum for the Thousand Year Reich and that they had to distill the tar through the French villagers' bodies. It's a weird, like home brewery type situation yeah (laughs) and that's what those pouches were with the gross people oh it's nasty yeah it's real gross yeah (laughs) um so right around here um like this fight culminates in ford kind of locks himself in this laboratory area and locks boyce out because boyce is back here too and boyce is like dude what are you doing like i can still get you out of here and we can still blow the building up and ford says no like I, you know, because he's he's injected himself with that stuff and mm-hmm. he's saying, look, our side can't know this stuff is down here. I can't go with you because they can't see me pretty much because they're I mean, as soon as he gets back, he's going to be a giant medical experiment yeah. for the rest of his life. So he recognizes that this stuff is so powerful. Our side shouldn't have it either. And they decide, yep, they're going to just blow the whole thing up. Ford included. Yeah, especially because Ford has been established as a person who's like, you know, he he's there for the military, he's there for the Americans to win, he's there for the mission, but even he recognizes, no, this is a step too far for even our side to have. No one should have this weird power of, like, superhuman serum zombie stuff. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I think Boyce shoots like a, I don't know, oxygen tank, some kind of gas canister. Yeah. And it's a big old explosion. Uh, Waffner winds up in the tar pit, like in the well that goes oh, down yeah. to the He's underground tar. Oh, yeah, he's crawling back up, and he looks so gross. Yeah, it's gross. He's nasty looking. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, this, this explosion goes off, and so it's crumbling, and we see a cool shot from outside of the whole uh, actually, yeah, that's the end of that awesome one take, which is a great way to cap off this action sequence of Boyce trying to escape while this place is blowing up. And he's like running through these hallways and he'll turn down one hallway and explosion will happen. He's like, oh God. And he like turns around and runs. And it's all one long take. I didn't even realize it until it was almost it's over. Really I was like, well done, oh yeah. shit, how long has this been going on for? Because it follows him all the way out side where he's safe and like back up to the front gate and the end of this long one take you see in the background the tower collapse Mm -hmm. and just just such a good way to end it's like cool you see in this shot him escaping and their mission being fulfilled Mm -hmm. like all in one shot Mm -hmm. and i think it's a great uh kind of like bookend to the long take of him when he's falling out of the plane at the beginning with the mission starting they're both like these these long takes that are centered on Boyce, our main character, him surviving chaos everywhere, just like the the total craziness of it. And I just love that. Yeah, it's like the start and the end of the mission there. Yeah. It's very well directed. It is. Yeah, I think this, um, something I really like about the direction and something I like about the action sequences, even when, you know, some of the action stuff is like not, it's not for me, but mm-hmm. uh, 
I always kind of have a good sense of where everyone is. I kind of, I get the layout of this building. So especially during that one take when he's leaving, I'm watching him and thinking, oh, this is where this happened and this is where this happened. And yeah, you even see cool. the bodies of some of the people yeah. who were shot on the I way in. I liked that continuity. Where, yeah. Because those bodies wouldn't disappear. It's not like a video game. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. So I think it's cool that the continuity applies to the shot where we're kind of like retracing back. Yeah. You know, because like you see those people get shot on their way in yeah. and then you see those bodies They're on the way out. They're all still there. I think that's neat. It's yeah. very well done. Yeah. yeah. Julian uh, or Julius Avery. Yeah. Great direction. I think this was only his second feature. His um, IMDb has a third. Okay. Think, yeah. yeah. His IMDb has a bunch of shorts on it. Yeah. But uh, I would love to see more from him because mm-hmm. this is really good stuff. Yeah, I enjoyed this a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so he he escapes. Um, yeah, that's when we find out that Tibbet is okay and Boyce is okay after they... Because they both save Paul when Paul comes running back into town. And I think Tibbet gets shot. Tibbet does get shot, and I was very concerned mm-hmm. for a little bit. <laughs> um, but we see that he's fine. Um, I, I did say, like, oh, Boyce is okay, too. But, like, he looks pretty dazed, like... It's like, is everyone actually okay? Probably not yeah. kind of thing. Because <laughs> then you remember, oh, no, they're all going to be just emotionally and mentally fucked up for life after this. But uh, then... Well, I, think, I think Chloe kills a few Nazis, too. Yeah, Chloe, definitely. Yeah, everyone gets to kill some Nazis. <laughs> it's nice. Um, <laughs> this is when we they find out. I love that instead of... And one of the... I think Tibbet complains about this, too. They're, they're getting transferred to another company. And we both are like, what the fuck? Why wouldn't they just, just send them home. home? And then I think right after that, Tibbet was like, why aren't we just being <laughs> sent home after all that? Yeah, they're being transferred to, like, Charlie Company. Uh, just get, oh, oh you, you can still fight? Get yeah. back in there. Jesus Christ, after all that? thought they would just send us the fuck home. Got a job to finish. Got to get Tibbet to Hitler. And then pop, we all go home. And then uh, that's when Boyce talks to, I don't know who this would be, like, position-wise. Kind of yeah. yeah, some officer. And there, he asks him, like, well, what's, what did you see down there? Like, was there anything else down there? Should besides? we dig through this rubble? There are rumors. Rumors of a, of a kraut lab down there. <laughs> yeah, kraut lab. And uh, Boyce says, nope, nothing. <laughs> nothing down there. Don't just rumors. Don't worry Move about on. it. Yeah. No serum to find. Yeah, don't worry about it. But yeah, I like this little ending in the uh, where they're all kind of in the camp uh, in the village. And, you know, it was like a weirdly like happy like it, it ended on like a nice note. Yeah. That especially because those side characters got to live, I think. Yeah, that that's was real nice. nice. I, it, I, I find that the rap song that kicks in for the credits, <laughs> I found that a little incongruent I didn't mind it. since it's so not of the time. I didn't mind it that much. Yeah, it's fine. It just, it just, I was like, wait, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, that's such a modern sounding song for this period piece. But the credits are cool and are oh, like, I like though, the World credits. War II. Yeah. Like, it, it's like the old style Universal logo where it's the black mm-hmm. and white spinning, like actual globe spinning around and it's kind of flickering footage. Yeah. And so they have different things from the movie that are kind of spinning around and they look all old. It's cool. Yeah, it's cool. I, yeah, I, I really, enjoyed this movie it was a good movie man i was yeah i was definitely entertained i think yeah my only um thing that i wasn't super keen on was the kind of third act action but like i'm never super into that it's why i can't get into superhero stuff because that's what every it's like 
always the third act is going to be your big everyone's punching each other and it's yeah. like i i get bored and, i get bored too yeah. but <laughs> maybe less bored than you but still pretty bored yeah but this one was fine we had uh uh monster Euron. yeah that that <laughs> yeah it definitely that was it, the good outweighed the bad i think and that one take at the end is very fucking cool super yeah. cool too mm-hmm. so yeah uh I, if you're all, at all into war stuff mm-hmm. check this, this out is equally a horror equally a war movie i would even maybe say war movie first for sure it's alternate history yeah but especially like the first half before they get into the the experiments going on inside the church Mm -hmm. it's just classic like we're on a mission yeah yeah it's great it's good stuff great acting all around great direction Mm -hmm. two thumbs up (laughs) (laughs) yeah cool you can follow Dead Meat on social media at Dead Meat James on Twitter and Instagram. And I'm at Carebeck, C-A-R-E-B-E-C-C, on Twitter and Instagram. And if you want merch, DeadMeatStore.com. And you can feel free to email any comments or feedback or what have you to DeadMeatPod at gmail.com. And until next week, I'm James. I'm Chelsea. And this has been the Dead Meat Podcast.